0: Last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here.
1: Today FM. Now, in yesterday's Last Word in the Movies, we spoke about a new Irish documentary which has come out, Pray for Our Sinners. And I'm delighted that we're joined by its director, Sinead O'Shea. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us. So, Brian Lloyd was telling us about this remarkable couple in Navan that you found two general practitioners. Uh, the late Dr Paddy Randalls and Mary Randalls. So what was it about the two of them that excited your attention? Well, I
0: unfortunately can't quite claim credit entirely for the whole idea. Uh, a friend of mine who had been the Mayor of Navin had been working to get a bench erected in honour of Paddy, who had just passed away. And she said, you know, you should really look into the story of how Paddy fought against corporal punishment. So he had just passed away, and so I went to see his widow dr mary and so we began chatting about it. It is a remarkable story. I'm not sure how much Brian said yesterday, but
1: you I, know I stopped, him, <laughs> I stopped him no, I stopped him to give don't you mind the opportunity the because <laughs> it really
0: escalated to a point that's just you can never get over. <laughs> so in the end you know, priests hijacked this newspaper van uh, to stop anyone in Navan finding out about how the corporal punishment problem was being reported.
1: So Step back a bit because I think this is fascinating that he found that when he wanted to tell people in Ireland about the extent of the abuse and bullying of children Children, children, like nine year olds Yeah, for writing with their left hand Yeah, or, or anything he, yeah. he couldn't find people in Ireland who were willing to actually report on that. He had to go to a British newspaper, the news of the world.
0: Yeah, which was very unfortunate because then that I suppose vindicated the response, you know, it was seen as very disloyal and unpatriotic. But yeah, Dr Paddy really wanted to fight against corporal punishment and he, I mean, he coordinated this kind of incredible campaign and they did manage to get into the British newspapers and they did manage to make this multi-part story and the first part was read in Navan. And it caused ructions, as Dr. Mary said to me. You know, half the practice left; they're more affluent. Half, interestingly,
1: they, lo- um, they lost. Well, you could say business, effectively, because of it.
0: Yeah, a lot. Their tires were slashed. They were called communists, and anonymous phone calls. We didn't want communists in Navan, so it was big for. Uh, but then the second Sunday came around uh, for the second instalment of the newspaper, and. The newspapers just never came to Navan. The newspaper van was hijacked by priests and the newspapers were thrown into the river. So that was. By the priest? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Doing it's God's so work as they saw it. Yeah. Was it?
0: Yeah. I guess, yeah, the end justifies the means. <laughs> but
1: he did start something, though it took a long, many years before corporal punishment was outlawed in, in Ireland. Schools, yeah. Not in until schools. 1984. Yeah. I'm from the generation that not only saw it but experienced it and saw some dreadful things happen until such stage in my school when we got to fifth and sixth year in secondary school, I saw some of the teachers beaten up in response by the pupils. Really? Yeah.
0: That's very interesting. Yeah. Because there was, was such a bunch of cowards, you know, when it came to it. They, they would only ever pick on people they could get away with picking on.
1: Yeah. And this wasn't just the Christian brothers. This mm. also was lay teachers taking their lead from the Christian brothers as to what actually would be allowed. But he also got American television, I believe, Dr. Yeah. Paddy Randall's involved. So,
0: yeah, you'd think the story would have ended there, but then somehow, and it's not quite clear to me and it doesn't seem clear to Dr. Mary, but the Randalls assembled a group of schoolchildren in their house in Navon who were willing to speak on camera, kind of testify, I suppose, to how they were being treated. And so NBC came over in this really elaborate, beautifully made report. And so... You have, they get a kind of group of spokespeople from various teaching organisations and a senator and a priest representative and they all say, no, there's no such thing as corporal punishment in Irish schools. And then they juxtapose it with this montage of these poor little children all saying, yeah, I saw someone beaten today. And there's a little boy who kind of initiates the whole thing, you know, you've just referenced him. He was writing with his left hand and his teacher kept beating him on his broken hand. Um because he was writing with his left hand and his mother had gone into Paddy to ask for a note to ask him to stop beating, to get the teacher to stop beating him on the broken hand. And so little Norman appears in this montage as well and he describes what's happened to him. So it's this incredibly powerful piece of television. But again, it was never shown on Irish television. And in fact, nobody really ever knew about it.
1: You sorry, just brought her back a memory for me of my mother telling me about my grandmother being beaten for writing with her left hand in school. So it happened all over the place. Yeah,
0: it did, but it also happened so recently. I was at a screening last night and just so many people afterwards just started reminiscing. Interestingly, like a bit of bravado reminiscing what some crazy teacher did to you and then when you describe injuries that the teacher inflicted you're just like this is insane that little children had this.
1: But that's only one part of this yes, fascinating sorry, documentary well, because good there's lots of, Yeah, because it's also I mean Mary and Paddy also opened one of Ireland's first family planning clinics. No, whatever about taking on the Catholic establishment, about the beating of children, actually providing contraception in an era where only married people could get contraceptives eventually. And then it was, the man would actually be asked for permission by the wife, wasn't it, to actually go Yeah, or
0: like in some cases the woman might go to confession and so she might ask the priest um, if she might go to the doctor to get a prescription who would then give it to the chemist and the chemist would consider that option. As if it so, was
1: sinful in some way.
0: Certainly, yeah, because it was against Catholic teaching at the time to limit family size. So
1: uh, what did the Randalls do?
0: So it was actually Mary who initiated this and Mary, you know, she's a very modest person. You know, she kind of kept all this information from me for a few years, but she was very intent upon providing contraception to women in NAV and she was seeing all these huge families. And I I mean, I have to say, I went to school with huge families too and they weren't necessarily all negative, but I think in some cases for the women, there was literally no respite. So she... She heard about the pill, she had done her research, she was a very competent doctor and she was saying, you know, it was like a cake mixer, it was just something you had to provide. So she did that and she, but it it kind of put her into, I suppose, a conflict with one local priest, you know, and he was the one whose authority and permission was normally sought for these matters and he'd sometimes go around to a woman's house and, you know, inspect her standard of housekeeping and see, you know, does she deserve to stop having children or should she keep going? I'm actually not really sure what his metric was in retrospect, but that was what she would be subjected to.
1: And of course, another angle to this remarkable story which you've captured in the documentary. The documentary is more
0: succinct than I'm being, by
1: the way. I'm here. <laughs> the other angle, which is extraordinary, is how effectively they rescued women and their babies from mother and baby homes and that again took extraordinary bravery on their part. Yeah,
0: though I mean again you'd have to hear Dr Mary speak like she just always feels all just common sense so you know hates the word bravery you know she thinks it's really immodest and pretentious but yes they used to hide unmarried pregnant women um, downstairs in their bedroom they'd quite an elaborate system for this too the women would write letters home to their family and the Randalls would arrange for these letters to be sent to a relative in London who would put a British postmark on the letter and then the letter would be sent to the girl's family and they'd be reassured that the girl was fine and not pregnant. And then in other cases, they actually would go to mother and baby's homes. They used to visit them quite regularly to check in on people that they knew were there because they were very aware of the conditions. And in one particular case, there's this wonderful woman at the centre of our film called Betty and... She goes to the Shan Ross mother and baby home and she's told after like a terrible time, a terrible birth, that she has to give up her baby for adoption. And again, somehow, miraculously, the Randalls intervene. They're, it's, it's a good, like, they're just kind of amazing. Their, ta- their timing even always is amazing.
1: That actually strikes me as a bit like an Irish version of families in continental Europe during the Second World War saving women and children, Jewish women and children from the Nazis. it's not that far removed.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We've had some people liken conditions in Ireland at times because there was... You know, there was just so much institu- institutionalisation going on here. You know, an awful lot of people were being put away for absolutely no good reason. And, you know, people were very, very repressed. You know, not everyone was, obviously. But no. And obviously, w-
1: nobody was brought to concentration camps to be killed as such. But parents, mothers were been separated deliberately from their children against their yeah, will. And, then their and children these children taken away. Being
0: taken away, sometimes sold, sometimes subject to medical experiments. You know, it's all very ongoing we haven't fully investigated what's happened yet. Um, so, no, I don't think we can liken it exactly to Nazi Germany, no. but it's it's deeply sinister and dysfunctional and dark, and it's all still quite unexplored in some
1: ways. But you've explored it in your documentary. It for
0: the warmer, happier side, <laughs> which is miraculously did exist in Navin.
1: Yeah, celebrating these people, what they did, and also talking to some of the beneficiaries of their fantastic charity. Is that the right word?
0: Yeah, I suppose. Well, they would say it was common sense. <laughs> they're, they're really obsessed with the common sense motive. Um, I think they just, they're just really not into any sort of discussion of heroism or ego or anything like that.
1: Sinead O'Shea, thank you very much for joining us. Pray for our Sinners is the documentary about the Randalls and about the people that they helped along the way. The
0: last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4:30.